0: see Yourself become glorious. No, I
1: won't give in, I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend, I will defend. That's not true. That's impossible. Search a thing, you know it to be true. No! no. What are you doing? Getting a life. Everyone and welcome to the first ever edition of the One Up Culture Cast, your source of knowledge for leveling up in the world of popular culture. My name is Trent, and with me is my co host Jarrett. How have you been, my man?
0: Yeah, really good. I'm super, super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm excited too. It's our first ever podcast with the One Up Culture brand. Uh, we're looking to do this weekly and releasing every Thursday. There may also be a couple of bonus editions coming through when the topics require it. Keep an eye out for that and also an ear since it's a podcast. Uh, they'll be released alongside uh, the articles, which will be coming through every week on Mondays on our website, as per normal. To keep up to date with the schedule and more, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at 1UpCulture. So, you're my first ever full-time contributor now. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, yeah, super honoured. Um, joined a friend's podcast. Yeah, that really
1: is like the... There's no higher acclaim I've made than it. That. I've really made it. Yeah, you should tell all of your friends.
0: I have. And... Wait a minute, just give me a second. I'll tell all of my friends. Hey
1: Trent, did you hear about that podcast I'm doing? No, what podcast are you doing? I'm
0: doing a podcast... Oh, with you. Yeah. Well, that's all my friends. That's everyone.
1: Yeah, congrats. If you want to be Jarrah's friend, uh, find him on Twitter as well. Uh, You can just say it at one Up Culture. I'll steal the friend and I'll have multiple friends for once, so... Smooth. Yay, me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Now, because this is our first episode, uh, we wanted to pick a topic that encapsulates modern media. Uh, Right now, the superhero genre is king and Harley Quinn may as well be its queen.
0: So she may as well be highly queen. Yes, yeah, she may yeah. as well be queen. Thank you for giving me my time to say that.
1: that. That is the only time we'll now be muting your microphone. Um, no matter where you look, or <laughs> you'll see her. And it's kind of amazing, considering she's surrounded by heroes three or four times older than her. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Iron Man, all them, they came way before she did. And we're going to cover that. Um, but somehow, despite the relatively short frame, uh, uh, time frame... She is about as big as she can get in the industry right now. So what we wanted to do was look at how she went from this small-time girlfriend to a cartoon character and has become one of the biggest names in the industry. This is the evolution of Harley Quinn. Uh, now, before we go too far in depth, um, we are both big-time DC fans. Um, Jareth, you're probably slightly higher on the Harley Quinn fanboy stage. Fan than girl.
0: Then, Fan Fangirl uh, stage. You're a fan girl. Yeah, I squeal. I, mean. I squeal like yeah. a little girl, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm 6'5", I'm and I squeal like a little girl when I see Harley Quinn, because I'm excited. Um, I mean, this is a character that I was introduced to when I was quite young, and her debut was uh, in the TV series that I grew up on. So, um, yeah, I've loved her since day one.
1: I think that is a really important thing when we're sort of looking at this sort of growth aspect. Uh, everyone, you know, when they come into comics as a little kid they get introduced to characters as their parents have known and have been around the block for years and years and decades and decades. Especially our generation, sort of born in the 90s or late 80s, and even sort of slightly, uh, if you're a bit younger than that, uh, we've sort of literally grown up with the character just coming into prominence. Like, you know, she was came about a couple of years since we've been born, yeah. and she's grown as a character as we've grown. And although we can't necessarily relate to her because we're both men, And she is surprisingly a woman. Um, It's still. There's
0: nothing surprising about that. (laughs) It's still (laughs) fascinating
1: to watch how she's grown and changed as she's sort of become more and more of a character. We're going to look into that in more detail. Um, But just to quickly cover if this is your first time coming into contact with Harley Quinn, what? Um, What? But second of all, she is a member of the DC Comic Universe. Uh, She is essentially Joker's girlfriend and has kind of left. From that post, although depending on what aspects of the media you're looking at, she is still Joker's girlfriend. Uh, as as I said, she started off as a small bit character, and she's now become. Uh, and this is what uh, comic artist Jim Lee and big time DC guy has sort of said. She's now the fourth pillar of the DC comics, uh, joining Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And it could be argued that she's even, as far as popularity goes, she's toppled Wonder Woman to be the biggest female comic character. In the market right now.
0: Well, for me, uh, Harley. This is a personal thing. She's the most interesting character for sure. Um, and I feel like Wonder Woman is kind of a cheap knockoff of Superman. She's a fantastic role model for for girls and women, um, but she is just Superman with boobs. Um, I'm sorry. It's
1: wouldn't that be Supergirl or Power Girl? Well, you would think so,
0: yeah. But uh, they're not given the same prominence as Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is the female uh super heroine within the Justice League and um and you've got this with everyone I mean people say Batwoman Batgirl is obviously the female version of Batman Catwoman can also be uh argued that that is the female version um and not being just a straight rip-off which is what Harley is she's uh she's not a rip-off of the Joker she's a completely separate character uh, she's Quite intelligent. She's been to university. She's a psychologist. For those that don't know, and we'll cover that in uh, both of her origin stories, that from the uh, TV series and from the New Fifty Two comic book, uh, continuing. But uh, yeah, I'm just gonna pass back over to you before I get too into fangirling on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean the aspect of Harley Quinn. It is quite an incredible seeing. You know, she literally became a bit character. What we're going to do now is we're just going to cover basically her noticeable no noticeable appearances as she's sort of gone through as we kind of alluded to uh, her first ever appearance and this is sort of another rarity uh, she appeared first in the cartoon series Batman the Animated Series it came out in 1992 um, she's one of the few people to be created specifically for a media that wasn't comics for a comic book character who's survived and thrived actually in spite of that kind of debut a lot of people consider comics to be the ultimate canon and if you aren't created and developed in that environment, you kind of nothing. Um, but Harley Quinn bucked that trend and proved that you can be created for that kind of market, that kind of media. And as long as you're an interesting character, as yeah. long as you're an engaging character, it's going to work.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of the other really noticeable things about this, like we said, Sep- September 92 uh, was her debut in that animated uh, Batman series, which was... An iconic one for Mm. both of us We loved it And I I think it really revolutionised The way that superheroes were were viewed in the media It really did change things quite a bit for its time But that's not what we're talking about Um, The episode was called Yeah, another one Um, The episode was called uh, Joker's Favor And uh, it was only 24 years ago 24 years ago Today, actually, when we're recording this That uh, the Batman animated series was created Which is uh, kind of interesting when you think that Batman just celebrated his 75-year anniversary. And uh, Harley Quinn's been around for a couple decades. And uh, she's already being you know, said by Jim Lee, by creators, the fourth pillar of the DC Universe. Which, for fans of the DC Universe and uh, knowing the people that we are speaking of that's a big deal, um, and you'll definitely understand that.
1: Yeah, you don't join the trinity unless you're a big deal. Um, you don't mess with that formula. No. Um, and the fact that Harley Quinn can be considered that, and the fact that people aren't arguing. you know, Everyone kind of recognises, whether you're a fan of Harley Quinn or not, they've recognised the impact she's having right now on the industry, um, bringing in new fans, reestablishing older ones, and just sort of marketing the industry as her. You know, she's a big deal. When you look around, if you're trying to buy toys, if you're trying to buy shirts, whatever, uh, you're going to see Batman, you're going to see Superman, you're going to see Harley Quinn. She's marketable. for to DC. Yeah,
0: she's yeah. a really marketable character. And uh, a lot of people have said that she's not a good role model for female, uh, for, for girls mm. growing up, um, because she's insane and she's a villain, to, to put it very simply. Yeah. But um, like I said earlier, she's got that... Uh, education behind her, in both of her backstories, she's a psychologist, she's uh, portrayed as very intelligent until her meeting with the Joker, and then she kind of becomes manipulated, uh, and and I definitely understand where people are coming from there that after that point when she really becomes uh, Harley Quinn, and not Harleen Quinzel uh, yeah, she, she does kind of lose quite a lot of that strength in character um, although she goes off and comes up with her own plans, and ...breaks the Joker out of Arkham Asylum... ...so there's still quite a lot of intelligence there... ...which is the reason I think the dynamic... ...between the Joker and Harley works... ...because he has a little bit of respect for her... ...that she is quite intelligent... ...as is he... Um, ...but for the most part it's quite an abusive relationship... ...he portrays not wanting anything to do with her... um, ...and she's all over him.
1: It is funny sort of seeing uh, elements of the fandom... ...for DC, Harley Quinn, Joker... Uh, Romanticised their relationship and I mean it's a fun relationship to watch within the dynamics of the comics or the animated series or even the movie as we've seen uh, 2016 Suicide Squad but it's not a relationship we should be you know lifting up in any way Um, no it's there's no no real proof that the Joker uh, and Harley Quinn can work out in anything but a one-sided abusive relationship but it's fascinating that you know we are looking at a character who is troubled. She's you know got a lot of issues and challenges, but at the same time, like fans are still identifying with her and seeing the good in her, even though she's you know pretty much too far gone. Antihero. She's yeah.
0: being a hero for the wrong reasons. Yeah,
1: and you know she sort of dabbles between being you know perhaps morally grey to being an outright villain, depending on the circumstances. But it's fascinating to watch the evolution of her come across as just. Being a girlfriend to the Joker, uh, as the comics have gone on, um, we see her sort of split from the Joker a bit, and sort of be brought back in, leaving, brought back in, in some ways actually accurately representing an abusive relationship at times. Um, so it's yeah, and sort of coming across other people joining up with new friends and stuff, and a lot of this is actually you know brought in and established over several episodes of the animated series. She appears in about a dozen or so, I think, fifteen episodes all up. There's about five or six or seven which are central to her character being brought in. We mentioned in um, 1992 was her debut in Joker's favour. 1993 to next year, she appears for the first time in comics. Uh, It's a non-canon episode, um, but it is in the comics. And
0: that was uh, Batman Adventures number 12 that she Mm -hmm. appeared there.
1: Um, And it's around that time as well in the animated series when she pairs up with uh, Pamela Isley, better known as Poison Ivy. And, I mean, Joker is a crucial character to Harley Quinn's story. Um, Without Joker, there isn't a Harley Quinn. Um, But if we're talking about secondary characters who are just as important to her history, there's really no one else you can look at other than Poison Ivy, really.
0: Yep, she's next. Um, Most definitely our best friend. We've seen episodes through the series uh, wherein those two were hanging out Uh, basically comes about by Joker and Harley having one of those domestic disputes we were speaking of before and Joker straps her to a rocket because you do that and shoots her you shouldn't
1: do that Uh, in uh, relationships uh,
0: this is why I'm single Um, but uh, shoots her out of the room uh, out of the building wherever it is and sends her off and she lands with Pamela Isley uh, whose original thought is to kill her uh, but then when Harley Quinn wakes up Pamela Isley's like I'm gonna kill you and Harley says do it I don't care my puddin doesn't love me anymore uh, and that kind of changes things and then those two kind of team up a little bit kind of rule the town and um, this is a, a notable team up because uh, there's also a, a group called the Gotham City Sirens um, of Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn and, and Catwoman and that's well, that's, that's one, of the, one of the crucial teams that Harley Quinn appears on, the other one being Suicide Squad, as we've seen in recent media. Um, did you want to get going with that
1: one? Yeah, uh, the, the fascinating thing with Poison Ivy as well is, I mean, we've established that relationship with Joker and Harley Quinn, and the, the comic writers, and it depends on the writers as well, have kind of toyed with Harley and Ivy having an element of relationship beyond that of just friends. Um, In the new 52 it's heavily alluded to uh, the writers of that Jimmy Palamotti and Amanda Connor Have more or less said as much that it is a bisexual relationship at times Um, So it's it's furthering that kind of characters furthering both their stories as well and building them together Um, So that that sort of begins in 1993 in season 2 of Batman the Animated Series the year after that 1994 um is really probably one of the most important stories for harley quinn i
0: think the most crucial point of her evolution
1: yeah um it's it yeah the story is mad love it appears both in comics and on the batman animated series and what it is is essentially her origin story it introduces you to why harley quinn became harley quinn um it tells the story of her in the arkham asylum trying to treat the joker and we sort of see that you know little change uh and sort of going from Yeah, Harley Quinn being the psychiatrist, the psychologist, and sort of that change in evolution from Quinzel to Quinn. From
0: being in control to being controlled.
1: Yeah. And no matter... I mean, there has been subtle changes to her character, to her origin story, but really this is the one that remains the same throughout, is that connection coming through Arkham and being built up from there. Um, After 1994, after Batman the Animated Series has come and gone, there's a little bit of a gap. And coming into 1999, just before the turn of the millennium, uh, we see her join the, the prime DC comic universe. She's been in comics before then, but none of them have been what's classified as canon. Now, if you know, you know anything about comics, you'll know canon is just crazy and there's way too much uh, to discuss there. But basically, she joined the main line in the story called No Man's Land, um, which if you know about DC Comics during that time, they like to do mega events. No Man's Land is just another one of those mega events alongside Cataclysm, alongside War Games, alongside Nightfall, all that kind of stuff. It's one of those, another big ones. And we can be thankful that it's brought in characters like Harley Quinn and one of my personal favourites, Sandra Kane, into the DC universe, basically. And from there, it's really, like, gung, gung-ho for her. The next yeah. year, uh, she got her own solo book, which showed that DC had faith in her character beyond that of just a side character. And she, you yeah, begins, you yeah, know to do her own thing a little bit, separate from the Joker and aspects. Um, and, yeah, that goes on for, I think, went for about two years, I think that book did. Um, you can collect all the episode, all the uh, editions in trade now if you want to follow it up. Um, and then it goes on for, you know, the story continues on. 2009 is really another big seminal point in the character. Um, the first, first sort of big video game to come out for... The, DC in a long time
0: Well not just for Harley, this was a really big point for everything, for this whole uh, Bat universe Mm. uh, getting their own game and getting the voices from the original uh, animated series, they had Kevin Conroy being uh, as Batman they had Mark Hamill, you may have heard of that guy as Joker Uh, and I believe they brought back Arlene Sorkin who was the voice of Harley which is uh, kind of notable Um, but Tara Strong ended up doing the the uh, voices for the, the video games. So that was a little bit interesting. They changed the voice actor. Um, and they also changed up her look, which is, this is the first big redesign we see of Harley. There's a few through here that we're going to go through, and we're going to try and cover each one of those. At least uh, each of the major
1: this. ones. Obviously there's subtle changes from comic yeah. to comic, but... And we don't want to go
0: over an hour, so... <laughs> we don't want to. But um, in Arkham Asylum, uh, we had the first one, and she really kind of looks like a nurse, which is a bit different from uh, her doctor backgrounds uh, and, and we see her blonde hair uh, now originally she always had blonde hair but she had a, a kind of a hood a jester's hood with bells hanging off it one side black one side red that's a very important little colour combo with Harley uh, and and now we see her without anything blonde hair and kind of like a robbing mask um,
1: yeah it's the typical domino mask that you see a lot of the superhero characters wearing she's still got the you know white face paint face paint again make note of that coming later on in the track um, but they did change the color scheme for this one as yeah, well. They, they went from steady. the red and black, which was Harley's iconic colors, going to purple and red. Um, yeah, and we see them toy with this color scheme a little bit in the coming years. But uh, yeah, for so long there, Harley Quinn had been Jester outfit, one piece with the little Jester hat. And they're always playing
0: around, but they seem to be sticking to black and red. Yeah. and then variants of. Mm. Uh, so I think that's yeah, that's really her her color scheme. It always will be. You can play around with it all you want. Um, but it's probably not going to change It may, with uh, the current movie With the blue and the pink Maybe that's pretty popular But I think canon and, and fans will always remember With the black and red
1: What did you think of the Arkham Asylum costume?
0: Hmm um, I, didn't, I didn't mind it I liked it, it was a bit different uh, I kind of liked that they redesigned the whole thing uh, I was biased from the start because they had Joker and it was Jared Leto. So I was pretty sold on that already, not on his performance, just on Asylum, not who he was. Suicide oh, Squad. I thought you were talking about Suicide
1: Squad. No, no, no. I'm oh. sticking in 2009 here.
0: Well, I want to move forward because I wasn't a big fan of Arkham Asylum. Um, and her look in that, I, I thought it was pretty boring. Yeah. Didn't She looked pretty sane, really. Just trying to be... a view thing for all the little boys playing the game which I hated I didn't like that bit about it I I think um, her being integral to the story which they definitely wrote her through through those stories kind of defeated that which was the original thought that she was just going to be there for the looks Um, What what I
1: did like about that costume change though was because we're dealing with Arkham yeah, going with that nurse's outfit it did kind of suit realism not, not necessarily realism, but like the message that Joker and Harley were trying to portray. I mean, she could have been in a gesture outfit and would have been normal, but the fact that they went with the nurse's outfit, um, okay, it was slightly fetishized, and that is something we'll be talking mm. about a bit more as well. But I thought the the logic behind it did actually make sense compared to some of the other costume changes we'll see down the mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It made the most sense yeah.
0: uh, costume change-wise. Some of these don't make yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um,
1: also, in two thousand and nine, we did see uh, the official Gotham City Sirens comic book begin. So we mentioned that grouping: Ivy, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn. They get get their own comic book, basically, and just wreak havoc. Uh, during this time, Harley Quinn is sort of away from the Joker. That's full on trying. The girls are basically trying to protect her from that abusive relationship. Um, it's quite fascinating to see their sort of relationship build and grow through that as well. Um, and then in two thousand and eleven, a couple of years after Arkham yep. Asylum the dc comic universe changes completely um they yeah. change all of the rules more or less and yeah confuse a lot of old school fans and uh, they bring in the new 52 now with this uh, harley quinn uh part of her ch- uh joining the suicide squad which you'll know from this year's movie release uh, but she along with dead shot in that, in those comics were kind of the main selling points and we saw another big uh, costuming change with harley quinn here as well as just general changes to her character. Um, you know, if we thought the nurse's outfit was sort of a bit skimpier and fetishised, uh, then this new 52 costume was a lot more. She's in basically um, the same kind of booty pants that you see seen 2016 Suicide Squad. She's wearing a skimpy little, I don't know, brazier, but it's not a brazier. It's really just, you know, a piece of red and piece of blue cloth yeah. attached to the chest area to make it viewable for people.
0: She has a bra that one side... Is red, the other side is blue.
1: Yeah, not red and black, not red and purple. Yeah, red and yeah. Blue.
0: Um, which is also kind of weird because her hair color split to red and black.
1: Mm. Which, uh, yeah, it, I, I I didn't like Harley Quinn at the start of the new 52. Um, yeah. I thought it took him a couple of years to find their group with her. Yeah, so. Um, in costume, in character wise, because they changed up the character as well. They
0: did. I've got, um, uh, uh, this is what I was saying, this is the second uh, kind of intro to Harley Quinn, uh, the backstory, they, they changed everything up. And like we said, the New 52 really changed the whole landscape of the DC universe. Uh, and with Harley, they changed it a little bit in uh, her backstory. We we'll go, actually go back further um, than we did see in the animated series. In the animated series, we just see her as a doctor at uh, Arkham. Uh, the New 52 actually starts as uh, her childhood Um, with her family being quite unsupportive of what she wanted to do uh, and constantly being ridiculed and kind of put down, um, which becomes quite important later on. Um, She goes off to university and gets her job at a prestigious Gotham hospital and she's not fulfilled at all. Um, She just thinks, yeah, this isn't what I want to be doing. And so she gets a job at Arkham Asylum. And uh, this time, instead of just being one-on-one with the Joker, uh, she actually finds quite a lot of problems with the residents not opening up to her. So she dons a disguise, um, kind of makes herself look quite disheveled, different colour hair, black around the eyes. And um, she walks around the residence and the Joker, without saying a word, turns around, grabs her on the shoulders and gives her a massive, massive kick. Um, Kiss, sorry. Gives her a big kick. Uh, Gives her a big kiss. And... um, that's kind of the, the big change. You know, There was never these uh, sessions with them. There's just one kiss and she's in love. Um, so she helps him break out. And this time Joker drops her in chemicals. Um, which is how the Joker was... His, his origin story. When he was dropped into a... Well, fell into a vat of, of chemicals. And this differs from the animated series. Because in the animated series, she's just wearing makeup. Whereas in the New 52, she's dropped into the chemicals. And her hair actually changes, and this is the only time that we see Harley Quinn without blonde hair. Um, in this one, her hair actually changes to black and red, and her skin is uh, dyed white, um, which is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing with this is, she has a massive falling out with the Joker, uh, and kind of goes off her own little side adventures, gets her own solo comic book, uh, and even has a, a fling with Deadshot, uh, who is another member of the Suicide Squad, I'm sure we'll, we might get back to that a little bit later when we're talking about the movie um, but uh, yeah very very different backstory from the 52
1: yeah it's fascinating to see how DC in general kind of toyed with a lot of the backstories and the histories they were trying to mesh you know a lot of old school comic history they wanted to keep as canon but at the same time they were trying to change things around a bit and really inject some life yeah I, it was the actual change I think made sense they were trying to bring in new fans but it did create an awfully muddled universe you know, Batman went through like four Robins over the span of you know, six, seven years and I mean if you thought that Batman you know, bringing on team fighters uh, over the course of 20, 25 years was bad when you're you know, more or less running through them in a couple of years including one or two deaths mm. uh, yeah, it, it's not a good look, a, good look a lot thought. of people suffered across the road I think Harley Quinn suffered quite a bit as well Although incidentally it's around this time the character started to get popular. Yeah. But you don't you wouldn't really say it was through the comics. Um, it's through the mainstream media. She got a big spot in Arkham Asylum, which was a good introduction for a lot of sort of casual fans of the Batman universe who might have known the character through the animated series and they play Arkham Asylum, there's Harley Quinn prominent again. And then in twenty thirteen uh, twenty eleven, sorry, around the same time as the New Fifty Two started, we also got the sequel to that, Arkham City. See. Which in just about every way possible was a better game. Um, Harley Quinn changed the look up again. Went from a nurse's outfit to kind of like a biker, a kind color. of
0: leathery. Uh, and they changed the color scheme again, pink Brought and back blue, to red and black. Um, yeah, sorry, they they changed the back. Um, and uh, and their hair tips. She had color in the end, ends yep. of her hair. Um, instead of just blonde hair this time. Which
1: sort of became you know, one of her calling cards. It has. That, that it has. Sort of tips. Um, we see it in most of the iterations of her coming since then. Um, In 2013, we saw that solo book come through. Uh, Jimmy Palomotti Amanda Connor, again, they were the people who started it. And if you ever needed proof that Harley Quinn had become a big character, you just have to look at the reception of this book. I mean, again, Harley Quinn, you know, coming from being the Joker's girlfriend, sort of a mid-tier character, all of a sudden, you know, selling within the top two, top three of all comics uh, for the first month that it was released and did it again and did it again. And this is a time where DC really, the only time they got books in the top were Batman books. Um, not Justice League, not Superman, not Wonder Woman, Batman. So for Harley Quinn to come through and become pretty much their second biggest seller and continue that, I mean, there was a natural drop in sales, but that happened with every comic release. She was their second best performing comic book. For quite a while
0: and, and this is what we have to back up uh, What creators have said With her being the fourth pillar I mean that's a statement that's going to annoy Quite a lot of people They're going to be like There's no way that a side character from Batman Is anywhere near Batman and Superman And the female role model that we have Wonder Woman Who I have no issue with I just feel that Harley is really pushing her On popularity now well, I mean, um, And were- Gal Gadot is going to have a lot to do with that um, With the new movie coming out for sure um, and I hope she does well, I really do.
1: It will be fascinating to see, say, this time next year when Justice League and Wonder Woman, the movie, sort of come through, to see where the popularity levels are at because Gal Gadot has been very well received since the release of Batman v Superman, but Harley Quinn has just so much popularity. Like, if you look at the merchandising stance, it's Harley Quinn. Um, you know, She is literally DC's version of Deadpool as far as mainstream accessibility, um, which is funny because they're both red and black predominantly.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is interesting, and they've both kind of, uh, kind of, kind of mixed things up, I guess, for their their industry. Marvel have done it with the R rating, um, and uh, yeah, Harley Quinn's done it with a strong female lead, which we haven't seen a superhero movie for so long, uh, like Elektra, like two thousand. Five. I think if that's want to what call you said.
1: Her a strong female character. <laughs> she was a lead. That's yeah, yeah. That's all I'm going with. Yeah. yeah. Two thousand five. Um, uh, Electra was the last one. And let's not go to
0: the one that happened before that.
1: No. No, let's not go to any of them really. Electra yeah. at best is forgetting um, And when that's your best bet, like yeah.
0: But that was yeah that was the last image. Yeah, that was the last female lead superhero we've seen. And then we get to Suicide Squad, which is an ensemble piece, and we've got Will Smith there, so obviously he's definitely leading. But uh, Margot Robbie is second highest build on that, um, and yeah. probably getting third amount of uh, t- storyline in the movie. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for those of you who haven't seen it, but you probably have by now. Um, and we're going to try and not spoil too much of it with, when we get to her. Yeah, but, but it is uh, really,
1: like that movie was a two-person story. It, it was, case. yeah. It was Deadshot and Harley Quinn. All the merchandising established that. And really, the merchandising was around Joker and Harley. Yeah. Um, so, whichever way you look at it, Harley was one of the biggest names. Ipto facto... Yeah, it was kind of one of her lead movie pieces. Yeah. And,
0: um, um, yeah, in that way. I mean... And, and, and I think we've got quite, quite a few more. But, like, I, th- I think Wonder Woman could be a precursor to... If we do get this Harley Quinn movie. If that fails, they might just go no, the world isn't going to accept it. We're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope they do, because uh, a Harley Quinn movie would be great. You know what would be fantastic?
1: What would be fantastic?
0: A Gotham City Sirens versus Birds of Prey film. No
1: way. Where's (laughs) this coming from? It it wouldn't come from the uh, rumours that uh, Margot Robbie actually hired a writer. It wouldn't at all. To pen this kind of story. No, Um, no. Just off the top of your dome. Off the top of my dome. I think everyone's really hoping that the Harley Quinn movie becomes this because yeah. as the DC universe expands, we want to see more of these characters and right off the bat, that way we pretty much are guaranteed Harley sorry, Quinn... Sorry,
0: sorry, sorry. Right off the bat. Yes, right yeah. off
1: the bat. Ah. Pause for pun. Um, Harley Quinn, Catwoman and Poison Ivy will all be either introduced or reintroduced into the DC universe. Uh, and on the other side of Gotham City Sirens, we don't we don't know exactly what kind of cast we'll get, but chances are we'll see Black Canary who's pretty much has to be in The Birds of Prey. Yep. Most likely, we'll see a version of Batgirl, whether it's uh, Barbara Gordon, whether it's uh, Stephanie. I, it's I would Kane. feel
0: we would get Stephanie, and we would get Barbara's Oracle. I think they would they would try and have as many characters as they can if they're going to do that movie.
1: Yeah, but they haven't really established where in the universe. It, All that, we no, know is old old Batman, sort of you know aging yeah. Bruce Wayne, which you know we know one of the Robins is dead. Um, thanks to Batman. Several of the moment. Robins are dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All of the Robins
1: pretty much will go. Except die. for
0: Dick Grayson, because Dick Grayson doesn't die.
1: And if just as an aside, if we're talking about Jared fangirling over Harley Quinn, he also fanboys over Dick Grayson. Um, just advance warning. Um, but we'll also probably get Huntress as well. So we're getting five brand new characters to the DC universe as far as movie goes for the modern era. Um, but Enough looking at the future. We'll just quickly go to the the past. Also in 2013, which is when the solo book was released, uh, Injustice Gods Among Us, the video game, was released, which was a fighting game. Uh, She was another prominent character in that. Again, they changed up the costume. There was a bit of red and green and black. Um, It's a fighting game, though, so there's a ton of different costume changes in there. The next year, 2014, we saw what you could call is kind of the animated precursor to the <laughs> Suicide Squad movie in 2016. We got Assault on Arkham, which was a Suicide Squad movie. Again, Harley Quinn was one of the main characters advertised and displayed in this piece. Again, they changed the costume a bit.
0: Uh, this time we kind of got a mixture, kind of a splice of old and new. Mm. Um, they they kind of stuck with the Harley Quinn look uh, with the jester hat and the split red-black bill on each end. Um... But they cut the middle out, to put it simply. They they, they added some midriff mm. and uh, kind of put her in the pants she was in in Arkham City. Kind of the leathery ones we were telling you, quite skin-tight oh. ones. Also um, like put her in so hard... shots pants.
1: Hey-oh! hey
0: um, that's, um <laughs> Spoilers. Um, but uh, it, it was a... Uh, it was a Big redesign and not a very big redesign. It's Um, kind of a
1: redesign because they went back to the roots a bit. Yeah, Um, yeah. They changed it, but they just went back, yeah. Kind of kept with that skimpier theme they'd been sort of introducing over the years, but kept the jester look, which was an interesting thing. And
0: uh, this actually, uh, Sultan Arkham brings me to her weapon, which Mm. is kind of an iconic one. Uh, And we've got a few here, which we haven't really mentioned much of, but uh, iconically she has a massive mallet. The, um, oversized mallet that gets carried around um, and it's kind of gone by the wayside for the baseball bat now yeah um,
1: I, I think especially with the movie like the live action movie I think they wanted something that was a little not realistic because yeah. you do see mallets as well but like it's a little bit more I guess ergonomic it's a bit easy to carry around it's not going to yeah. take up as much strength uh, presence but I think think and, and
0: correct me if I'm wrong because it may have been before this but uh, Arkham City was that the first time we saw the baseball bat
1: oh you're putting me on the spot it's the first noticeable I, I she's probably used the baseball bat before but that's yeah. the first time it was really came into prominence I think she used the cane a bit more in Arkham Asylum yeah that's correct keeping with that. that kind of nurse not the nurses use canes but keeping with the sort of hospital theme I think Arkham City was the main yeah. time that the bat was uh, and introduced as a prominent weapon
0: for those of you that haven't seen the baseball bat it's Basically, a big candy cane in design. Uh, it's got the swirling red going up there, up up it. Um, but it's a baseball bat. Doesn't curve at the end. Uh, and and we've also seen it with a cork gun. Uh, which is kind of a, an homage to the Joker's mm. bang gun. Um, and a bunch of other weapons that we see the Joker use: chattering teeth and all all sorts of gag gimmicks. Um, but along with those gimmicks, uh, we also have. A few other abilities that that Harley's picked up along the way. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, one of the big ones that came early on is basically a resistance to a lot of poisons, and that is thanks to poison ivy.
0: Yeah, and a healing factor also due to that same. Uh, and and it, it was a potion, pretty yeah. simple, easily fixed. Give her a potion, now she can
1: resist stuff, which is important because again, we're dealing in a DC universe where you know a lot of characters do have superpowers. Um, and you know, Harley Quinn came in; she was intelligent athletic but you know there wasn't that much to her physically as far as like fighting goes and giving a you know resistance to all her poisons and ant- and you know potions and stuff means she can sort of knock off a lot of things that other people can't mm-hmm. uh, the healing factor is important as well it's not we're not talking wolverine healing factor or anything but it is there um it just helps make it sort of a believable situation when she's going into fights with people who you know, are far better trained far more athletic and built for that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and, um, and and we've also got a few other running themes through a bunch of these, um, which is sports, mm. which is one that you didn't really see coming. Um, she's got nothing to do with sports, and yet it has become a, a running theme. We've got in the new 52 redesign, she's kind of got like American football pads on. Yeah, well, because like, she does a lot pads. of the...
1: Uh the roller derby situation yeah like part of part of the many subplots in that series it's a it's a fun series and it's all over the place yeah. Fun can be hard to follow because um, it is like harley quinn just does whatever harley quinn wants to and
0: be. she breaks the fourth wall much like deadpool mm. uh, like we were saying we have that yeah similarity so you, you between that
1: kind of roller derby aspect so she's wearing the roller blade she's you know hard hitting you know putting people through walls or whatever.
0: Fish uh, fishnets, which are also kind of a roller derby thing they mm. tend to, um, which was in her design. Actually, know, so the, we kind of get that once
1: one. the Silo book came out, I thought her costuming in the New 52 became a lot more... It made a lot more sense. Um, it was still fairly skimpy, um, but it sort of went back to the red and black roots. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of diversity in what she'd wear. And, uh, yeah, it was. It didn't look as ugly and garish and fetishized, It's still skimpy, but not quite as fetishized yeah. as it was.
0: Actually, that was something else that, uh, speaking of design, we had uh, the first book she had for the New 52 had like seven different artists or something on it.
1: Mm, mm. And Um, part of it was they were trying to basically bring on a new artist. The story surrounded Harley Quinn finding the artist. Her artist, and she's
0: making direct comments to the reader, breaking that fourth wall, saying, I don't really like this style or this style is a bit girly or something like that, Uh, until eventually we found the style that I think was right too. I think she picked the right artist. Yeah, um, if you ever
1: get the chance, Harley Quinn, the zero issue from the new 52, it's a fascinating read just because it is kind of quirky and weird. Um, and some of the artwork in that, I mean, is phenomenal Yeah. because they do get a lot of different artists, a lot of different styles of artists as well. I think uh, Justin Newgan is in there as well. who has got a very unique kind of passily kid style. Um, yeah, definitely pick it up. If you get a chance, it should be around somewhere. Um, <laughs> Uh, the next year after that, just moving forward, we got Arkham Knight, uh, which kind of combined the Arkham City and Arkham Asylum looks. She kind of goes half nurse, half biker thing. Um, it was it was okay. I wasn't the biggest yeah, fan of the um, game in general.
0: Of, of the gaming ones, I'd say City was my favorite mm. design. Um, then probably followed by Knight, though. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Arkham Asylum. The, her her design in mm. that it made the most sense, but it just seemed like they it's the design where they took the most left field jump. Yeah. They, they went as far away as, the, as they could, which kind of worked, but then they slowly started bringing it back to what was working. Um, and I think that might be because, yeah, they, they realised that people liked the design mm. um, and, and that the, she's not just a sex object because yeah. she was important to mm. the, the storyline in uh, all of those games.
1: And, and moving on from that, in uh, you know, 2015 had Arkham Knight. The solo series is still coming through. 2016, of course, anyone following mainstream media knows all about the Suicide Squad movie. Margot Robbie brings Harley Quinn into a live-action movie debut. She did appear in the Birds of Prey television series, that basically came and went. Uh, we had to mention it. Yeah, it, it's there, but it's not really like every. It's forgettable. Um, Harley Quinn's in it, but. She's not there's good. so
0: much much better content of harley quinn yeah
1: um yeah so margot Robbie brings her live action debut uh, look yeah, you know, we're not going to go too far into the movie itself but i thought this was a fascinating portrayal yeah, um, yeah there's a few complaints that the characters still too reliant on the joker but i think that's important because i mean if harley quinn's going to have legs as a uh, live action movie character there has to be progression to her character. I
0: don't know if you saw those booty shorts, but she had legs.
1: Yeah, she very much had legs. Yeah. Uh, DC knew it in the marketing campaign. Yeah, um, they did. Yeah, it, they're there. Um, yeah, um,
0: and my issue with it was that it is an ensemble piece. There are so many characters in that movie. Uh, and, and this isn't just with Harley. This is probably my issue with the movie as a whole. Um, there just wasn't enough time for backstory. Um, we got backstories of Harley Quinn Through some flashbacks Which were very reliant on the Joker mm. um, We got some flashbacks Of Dead, Deadshot uh, And his family And Diablo And Rick Fox and... But that's all we got uh, And we had a lot of characters in that movie That kind of deserve some backstory like, Katana was one that I know you were quite like Specifically you were quite yeah. annoyed That didn't get as much as We got one comment to her getting uh, her talking to a sword with her her partner in it so yeah, it,
1: i mean her character in that and again we're going a bit off topic but i, I yeah any chance to complain about characters i like not getting enough screen time and uh, focus Katana's basically there to wield a sword and look cool and yep. she achieved those things but the character's a lot deeper uh, and you really only get a hint of it about the sword carrying the souls of its fallen victims and the fact that her you know partner soul is in that sword yeah um, but yeah, Harley Quinn's character, it is very much dependent on the joke in the movie, but I think that's important because the character, you, you know, you can't just jump into Harley Quinn as a character without the Joker. Um, you can redo the origin story, but if you're going to do Harley Quinn right, you kind of need to show that struggle and that abusive relationship and then show her moving on from it. And the way the Suicide, Suicide Squad movie was cut perhaps doesn't show it the same way as some of the deleted scenes that we've heard about suggest. Hmm. Um, you know, again, this is. I'll try and avoid the spoiler, but basically there's a moment where in the actual movie, the Joker's showing, I guess, a version of love, his version of love to her. Whereas in deleted scenes, there was an alternate take of one of these scenes where he pretty much you know, is abusive to her. Uh, and it still achieves the same goal, but what it presents as a movie completely changes what is portrayed.
0: Yeah, we um, saw a lot of uh, scenes like that that were cut, especially with the Joker. Jared Leto uh, had come out and said half of what I shot wasn't in the film like yeah. nothing uh, and and there's another part in the film where she basically she runs back to the Joker hmm. where you know she's gone and had this movie and, and kind of stood on her own not on her own with a you know, group of other criminals but uh, for, for the purposes of this movie kind of stood alone uh, in media wise on her own without the Joker and we're kind of just seeing that she has to run back to him which hmm kind of weakened
1: her. Weakened her I don't mind it in the context of the movie because presuming like, what well, and again I'm saying, you know, presuming, presuming, presuming I could end up, you know, falling flat on my face in these presumptions.
0: Usually, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like
1: if, if we're seeing potentially Gotham City Sirens movie, um, I think it's good that Harley Quinn was kind of still attached to Joker a bit. And so that when Ivy and Catwoman are with her, they're perhaps trying to show her, you know, the light and give her you know, the voice of reason. Well, that's part
0: of the dynamic of the Gotham City Sirens is yeah. that neither of those two women are really like Poison Ivy and stuck up on anyone, mm. and uh, is very independent. And as is Selina Kyle, Catwoman. Mm. Uh, although we see her with quite a, a lot of romantic ties to Batman, in the same way we have those romantic ties with Harley to Joker. Uh, she's a lot more independent than yeah. Harley. Uh, yeah. She is quite happy to tell Batman to stuff it and she'll go do her own thing. You know, I'm going to be good now and now I'm going to be bad. And it, it really is, uh, yeah, the, both of those characters are a lot more uh, stronger, I think, and, and more self confident. Uh, they don't need no man. Um, so be- I think, yeah, that, that would be a good dynamic. Yeah.
1: Um, but we'll see what happens. And, yeah, at this stage, the, the movie is still very much a rumor. Um, as we kind of mentioned, it could depend on how Wonder Woman does how far ahead it does go. Um, the costume, again, for Suicide Squad does change quite a bit. Yeah, I did want to ask your um, They sort of bring back a sort of pinkish red and blue. Um, and we've sort of mentioned the booty shorts. Uh, she's in sort of a T-shirt. It's a lot more of a casual kind of look. Uh, were you a fan of it?
0: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> So like I was saying before We have that sports Kind of theme going through And once again We have her wearing A sporting top It's Mm. got numbers on it uh, But it's Kind of cut off Got the midriff They got the colour And and they really Not just in costume design But they they redesigned The character in this movie As well Uh, She's really More insane She's more schizophrenic Than I think we've ever Seen her before Uh, She always just Kind of seems To be happy Go lucky And having fun In this one She seems quite psychotic At points um, and, and I think the costume kind of helped with that, that, mm. you know, she, she's kind of flaunting her sexuality, not only in the way that she's speaking, um, but she actually uses it to kind of get her own way in a lot of situations through the movie. Yeah. The movie, um, so it was relevant. Re- yeah. More. Um, so oddly enough, the booty shots were necessary to her character. They actually were portraying what her character was. They weren't just, she has Legs, let's show them. Um, like Which she, I'm sure she was the that.
1: marketing reason behind 100%. It, 100%. That's, that's what you've got writers for to justify that concept. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we also saw a glimpse of the jester outfit in the movie. We did. Um, I mean, it, again, it's just a glimpse. We don't get to see it properly. My concerns about the jester outfit are kind of... Uh, Confirmed in that scene, it, it looks good for what it is, but it would not have worked for the full movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If, if she'd been running around in that while everyone else was in the costuming, they were she would have looked completely out of place. Well, the shit. thing
0: is, this suicide squad is kind of trying to stick with the Nolan universe of quite a realistic bat universe, uh, where and and they kind of tried to get rid of that 60s Adam West cheesy Batman,
1: um.
0: And uh, yeah, and as a result, if you'd had her running around in a jester outfit, she would have looked ridiculous compared to you know, Deadshot, who's got this new mask, and everyone's looking quite normal, and then she'd be running around like a clown, yeah. literally.
1: But more so than she already pretty much is. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of the breakdown of her history. Um, there's other little areas as well, like costuming changes. The uh, Brave and the Bold animated series puts her in a 1920s outfit. Uh, the Rebirth has kind of combined the red and black look with the sort of uh, pink and blue tips which it's just weird that they're now doing four colors instead of two yeah why Um, why change it yeah just just pick a color scheme and stick with it if you're putting it on a costume um yeah as we're sort of nearing the end of the podcast a little bit i guess the question has to be asked we've seen her progression we've seen how she's sort of you know changed that character a little bit her attitude her look but somehow this character has become massively popular what do you think that is Oh,
0: I know really. that's, a, that's a big question. That's a it? massive question, and I thought you were just going to pose it to the listeners. I didn't realise you were going to turn that one on me.
1: No, I'm putting you on the spot right there. Right,
0: well, uh, for me, it is because she's the most interesting female DC character at all. Like, There's no one else I can think of that has uh, more depth than her, uh, and that can be seriously argued because she doesn't have the strongest backstory compared to others. Um, but I think... She has the most levels. She has the, the most to her. Um, and for a lot of reasons, that's why Superman didn't become as popular as Batman, for example, because there's not as much to him. He's a very straight cut character. Uh, and he can't really do anything because he's kind of, you know, stuck within those parameters of being the Boy Scout.
1: I think you see a lot of the most interesting aspects aspects of Superman are in the Elseworlds stories. Yeah. Where they can basically take the concept and character of Superman and just turn it on its head. Uh, one of my personal favourite comics was Superman Red Sun, yep. where he lands in Soviet Russia, Russia instead yeah. of America, and that story is fascinating. Um, you've also got other aspects like Kingdom Come, which is, I don't think it was in the uh, mainline universe at the time. It definitely isn't now. But sort of an older Superman coming back and seeing what's changed with the world. Yeah. Uh, injustice turns him into another Totalitarian dictator Pretty much any Elseworlds story Likes to make Superman uh, Power hungry and crazy Well and but that's because
0: the the, Yeah that's because The creators themselves Have come out and said Jerry Sogles was like uh, Yeah we made him too powerful Like we, we have to Keep trying to find ways To weaken him You know um, Because Yeah they made him too powerful To start with And there was no one That could beat him So Yeah
1: again. It, it is uh, Just going back to Harley Quinn Like uh, she's I think she is relatable in a bit for maybe, you know, guys and girls in the aspect that they're looking at someone who is, you know, talented and smart, but also troubled. And everyone's sort of gone through periods of their life where they're maybe struggling with something. They know they shouldn't be going down a certain track, but they do. In the case of Harley Quinn, it's obviously the relationship with the Joker. And she's sort of going from a normal person, depending on the story specifically, but from a mostly normal person and getting sort of dragged to this dark side uh, in her case, it's love for other people, it might be money or power or kind of thing. But for, yeah, it's fascinating watching that sort of step down, you know down the wrong path and then trying to redeem herself but being stuck and being caught. Um, it definitely, you know it isn't a relationship you should be cheering for or following, even though it does. Um, it is comics, so you know, I guess you can say whatever in that aspect. But as a character, it you know that challenge, that struggle makes us stronger. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I get why she's popular I still personally it shocks me to see she's as popular as she, as she is um, not me <laughs> she has become so marketable Like
0: she's versatile which is something that she doesn't have over that, sorry that she does have over the other female DC, yeah. character, DC characters I mean Wonder Woman there's not a lot of redesigning you can do there you have to keep those colour schemes it's iconic yeah, that and she's whenever they've the tra- the... kind of
1: changed to look like yeah, I think maybe two thousand nine. I might be completely off with that date, um, but she sort of started wearing pants and a leather jacket. Um, I actually didn't mind the look, but if you go online and talk about it, a lot of people hate that. Look. Oh yeah, and especially no. with the classic iconic characters yeah, you remove the, the underwear from Superman and Batman, and everyone kicks up a stink. Hmm. Um, you change. Add it.
0: bat nipples in seriously. That was the greatest thing about that film.
1: And to, thank you very much. <laughs> that was the last episode. that judge will be appearing. On oh come he, on! I only just got here because he talked highly of the George Clooney Batman um <laughs> which you simply can't do there's there's several things that you can't do that as one of them um so I mean yeah she's very popular do you think the fact that she debuted in like the animated series rather than the comics actually helped that that people were introduced to her do a non-comic sort of Canon. That was her introduction. Everyone. Well, yeah, because were comics
0: weren't as big a deal as they were in when the other creator when those other characters were created. When those characters were created, that was media. Mm-hmm. That was where you got new characters and stories was in books and in comics. Uh, and that wasn't the case in the nineties. In the nineties, everyone was watching TV and it, and it had kind of become more diverse. Uh, channels were becoming more everywhere. You know, getting more cable channels and whatnot around the place. Um, and and so I think yeah that 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 was the perfect way to introduce her, um, and uh, and then now we've got internet you know and, and the mainstream movies, um, wherein we can we can have new characters invent uh introduced and I think if a new DC character is introduced, it needs to be introduced now in a different medium than the comic books because we've seen that that's kind of how it's going. So uh, I think if we have another big uh, breakout superhero or heroine we're probably going to see their debut in a movie.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, the animated series did have an advantage because it was able to introduce her as a side character. Like, when she was in the Joker's favour, I don't think the plan was for her to become one of the biggest names. There was no Congress. pressure. No, no pressure. And and it wasn't forced down our throats as you know viewers and stuff. I guess the danger of trying to introduce someone new into the movies is everyone's going to be saying well, that was a place for an established character. And I've been waiting 50 years for Zatanna to appear or you know, 50 years for Dr. Fate to get his own movie and now introducing this character. It would be interesting to see if they, I guess, try it. Um, I think they should be willing to, but at the same time I can say they should be willing to if they got rid of a character that I wanted to see um,
0: It would be hell. Yeah, like... I've got to be honest, if they got rid of Zatanna, I would be annoyed.
1: Yeah, or you know, if they... And this is sort of the other danger is if they change the universe around too much. like A lot of people are up in arms when there were rumours that the the Robin suit that was in Batman vs. Superman Hmm. might have belonged to Dick Grayson. And I know at least one person on this podcast who, if they realised there was going to be no Dick Grayson possible in the universe because he's dead, um, might not be too impressed. I'm and, looking at him right now, even though the podcast you won't be able to see. Who, who is that? I have a feeling it might be Jarrett. Yeah, it might just be. Um, so that's sort of the danger, like comic, you know, comic fans, you know, fans of the genre, they want to see things, you know, people that they want to see they want to the establish
0: characters that they're already interested in.
1: Yeah, like everyone has their vision of what the perfect comic book movie would be, and comic book fans are so you know passionate about it. That if it isn't what they envision, it's the worst in the world.
0: For example, Iron Man 3 was the worst in the world.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't mess with an established character in this <laughs> case, the Mandarin, um, <laughs> and expect fans like Jarrah. Trevor. To, uh, don't you mean Trevor? The Mandarin. Um, and, and, and they didn't even do the rings, man.
0: They, uh, no, I'm just I'm going to let it go. We're doing Harley Quinn.
1: And, and that is the case in point. Like, if you make little changes to a character, <laughs> little changes to a character, it, it can result in a big fuss. It and, can. You know, it's easy for us to say, oh, it'd be nice to see him try a new character, but if it's at the expense of another person, uh, the world's going to hear about it. Just like, you know, if you change Lex Luthor into a Jesse Eisenberg clone, the world will let you know about it.
0: See, there is someone on this podcast that really didn't like that, and it's not me.
1: Oh, well... I get what they were going for, and the fact that they went with Alexander Luther rather than Lex Luthor straight out made it a bit better. Mm. But, like, you, you watched the Lex Luther scenes, and we're way off topic here, but who cares, because I'm speaking. Um, you look at the Lex I Lufa, care. The, the Lex Luthor character in the comics, and if you transferred that character into that movie, and took out Jesse Eisenberg and put in, like, a Brian Cranston, for example, you could still tell the same story, but I think it would have been far more interesting... And you still would have got that same dynamics. Jesse Eisenberg's character I don't think did enough with that to justify it being a Jesse Eisenberg character. But back to Harley Quinn, i sure back to Harley, yeah. We'll, we'll no doubt cover that kind of stuff in future I'm episodes sure of One Up Culture Cast. Uh, but just to, to close on the Harley Quinn story, I guess, you know, she's at the top of the mountain right now. She's literally part of the big four for DC, one of the most recognisable superhero characters in the industry right now. What do you see as next for Harley Quinn?
0: I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, and I, we've already briefly covered it, uh, the the solo movie. Uh, I'd love to see it, Gotham City Sirens. And those are the things that not only are rumours, but I think are the next progression, yeah. Um, so we've already really covered I, Unfortunately, there's not a lot of things that I can think of that aren't already happening. I'm pretty happy with the world right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look at her in the comics, she's got about three or four different books that she's either headlining or as a main main character of uh, she's yeah, established herself as one of the main characters in the DC EU uh, cinematic universe right now just about any dc video game has to have harley quinn in it by default now um, any merchandising you're going to see harley quinn of she is literally the queen of dc right now that might change next year when wonder woman's movie comes out but it is it's incredible to see the character go from a, a two-bit character design for an animated series Literally could have just lived in that animated series and never been seen in comics. But the fans uh, flocked to that character yeah. from Joker's favour. That Everyone saw, oh, she's an interesting character. The people writing her became big fans. And it's just has snowballed from there. In the span of 24 years, uh, she's matching popularity with characters 75 years old. yeah, At 75 years of age. So, I mean, congratulations to DC for finding a huge moneymaker in Harley <laughs> Quinn. Um, we hope that it's only going to produce more and more things down the track. Um, any final things you want to say on the, the quinzel? Uh,
0: nothing more on the Harleen quinzel. Uh, just wanted to sign off, thanking you for bringing me on to One Up Culture. That's
1: okay. Uh, um, yeah, as we said, this is going to be coming on every week. Uh, to keep up to date with it, again, go on to Twitter at One Up Culture. Uh, next week, I don't want to give up too much away as to what we're doing, but where I sort of mentioned we might be doing a couple episodes a week, uh, we're going to be doing a series of podcasts covering, and I'm just going to say this, one of the most iconic, important, and just downright best sci fi series of all times. Uh, so we're going to basically conclude with uh, The Sky Will Not Be Taken From Us. <laughs> thank you very much. My name is Trent. Uh, My
0: name is Jarrett.
1: Thank you for listening to One Up Culture Cast, and this is game over. Boop, boop, boop.